pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are standing by, including Mr. Don Weisgarver. Hey, good morning, Tamara. Hey, good morning, Don and Mr. Steve Brown. Good morning. I'm going to have to get a little peppy to keep up with you two. Oh, sorry. Well, I wasn't going to let the rain get me down. There you go. Well, it's because you'd like you. to have some rain, right? No kidding. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Did you get much the other night? Uh, no. Yeah. No. I think we got three tents out of that. Yeah. That's all? Yeah. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more today, though. Is there a we pretty good chance? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Spotty? So. Well, it's, it's going to be spotty, yeah. Spotty. Oh, well. I, well. I think it's going to be just a little here and there. I think so, too. So we hope we're wrong. Take it. That means we get the hose out again. We get the hose out. <laughs> yes. But perfect weather as far as uh, temps to exert yourself out in the garden, huh? Oh, my gosh, yes. Isn't it heavenly? Finally. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Before that. <gasps> nice break. pretty stifling. <gasps> pretty stifling. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. good way of putting it. So you got some fresh color again this we week. did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look at those 10-inch combo pots. Yeah, isn't that amazing? John brought a whole cart full of plants and flowers to show us. So we got a, two or three styles of combo pots, 10-inch, and they're just bursting. They really are. Yeah. I, the, I, those are on sale for fifteen ninety seven. Yeah. I can't believe it's that. It's like a blow-away. It's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. And you have so many beautiful combos out there to choose from. Oh, we do. Yeah, tons we do. and tons and tons. You got some fresh sunflowers yeah. in, six-inch pots for 10 bucks. Yep. Right? Yep. And then... Uh, a little sunflower. Echinaceas are on sale still, 25 off. Huge selection. Oh, 20 varieties. That's a beautiful color. And flowers. some uh, one-gallon Some from PW, right? Maybe four yes. varieties or so. Yep. And those are... Those are keep ten. on... Uh, so you could go to prairiegardens.com or Facebook, Prairie Gardens Facebook page, and get a coupon for those for some special it's price. It's a ridiculous price. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, some uh, Brunera, which is pretty cool. What Jack is Frost. Jack Frost. It is uh, silvery. One of my leaf. favorite shapes. I love it. It's kind of heart-shaped oh. leaf with silver veins. Uh, in the spring, you'll get a little beautiful blue flower. Bit silvery. But oh, okay. it's great for uh, uh, shade gardens, woodland areas. Does a little bit of naturalizing. So okay. It's pretty cool. Very neat design in on in the leaf itself with the dark and the light green pattern. Almost like a tortoise shell. Yeah, it's a yeah, good way to describe that pattern. That's but pretty it, cool. It's neat from a distance, from a color and a texture standpoint because of the unique heart-shaped leaf. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also uh, really neat close up, like you just mentioned, because of that detail in the variegation. How large do they spread? I'm assuming, as opposed to growing very tall. Uh, it's it's a little bit taller than that, about ten, eight to ten inches, and up to twelve inches wide. But uh, nice. Sometimes it's when you have a lot of shade, like I do. There's not always a lot of choices. You know, you get, oh, it's boring, you know, after a while. Yes. But there's always so many cool textures in the leaves. 
and that will really stand out in the in if you have really deep shade. Yeah. Because of the color, it'll just kind of yeah, pop. That silver will almost be like a white. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Neat. Pretty awesome. Beautiful. And going back to the sunflowers, uh-huh. are those what dwarf sunflowers? Yeah, they'll be about two feet. Wonderful. Eighteen to two feet. So, so it's a good is that for if container. You, if you keep it in the container, that'd okay. be a good way to do it. Yeah. But if you were, if I were to put them in the ground, oh, you could do it. Sure. They aren't going to go eight feet tall. Nope. This particular variety. Nope. Nice. And it's a rebloomer. See how it's got the side shoots. Oh, yes. So, so you'll have weeks, if not months, of flowers on that. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Beautiful. And then I think the uh, ornamental grasses, the perennial grasses, are all on sale at twenty five. Twenty five percent off. Yeah. Starting yesterday. So and they, again, a really nice selection. Yeah. It's yeah. a Great one. You do. Um, and um, I, I all of the um. The butterfly bushes, are they still 25% off? Because, yep. boy, are they beautiful out there. Those and, and all the variety of uh, clone, the massive colors that you have with the cone flowers out there. It's beautiful. Um, and then we also have uh, 25% off of hydrangeas. Oh. So if you look, if you drive around like I was driving in this morning, and what do you see that's the most the most vibrant things that are going right now, the hydrangea, you've got the ornamental grasses, you've got the coneflowers, you've got the black-eyed Susans. Perennial, so, perennial hibiscus. Oh, right. Hibiscus, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. So, gee, all those just happen to be on sale here. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And not to mention that uh, you have some annuals that are like 50% off, I think I noticed, the dollar, dollar yeah, eighty-nine some, ones. Some, uh, uh, Portalaca, that's what I some saw. Some four packs the rose and, moss and of a little bit, and we have some three and four inch materials. So they're all on fifty and twenty five percent off. So good awesome. for little fi- pot fillers if you need to freshen up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So John, tell me about your use of grasses. Now I know you don't have as much of a room for grasses now because they're predominantly a sunny plant. There's a few varieties will tolerate more shade, but how do you like to use these perennial grasses in the landscape? How do you like to see them? Do you do masses? Do you do them as individuals? Do you? So, yeah, I mean, you can do it either way. Uh, I think they look really terrific as a, as a background for a garden, especially, uh, you know, one that's out in the open. You know, you'll start at the back with some tall, tall materials and then work, work lower uh-huh. and towards... Um, I especially think they're beautiful if you do them in mass. And sometimes uh, I've seen them used as a as a property line division, or nice, you know, which is kind of cool. Yes, it'll grow quickly and not a lot of maintenance, I imagine. And then sometimes you want uh, just a, a focal piece, mm-hmm. and you know, one one works really well. Mm-hmm. So really, you're just not even you're not limited by anything other than your imagination, really. Absolutely. In yeah. terms of how you do it, because they come in such a wide variety of heights too, mature heights. So some are going to be eight, ten, twelve feet tall, and yeah. and there's a whole bunch of choices in that five to six foot range, and there's a whole bunch of choices in that three to four foot range, and then certainly quite a few choices in that foot to to two feet as well. Yeah. Some are more clumping and upright. Some are more spreading uh, out. Uh, I like the I like the 
miscanthus where it's really graceful it, it rises up and then it just kind of flares out mm-hmm. so it's really uh kind of dances in the wind it's really pretty mm-hmm. uh, looks almost you know fluffy and furry almost just like a fountain just about the zebra grass too i really like yeah, isn't that with fun? the the variations in the colors throughout the whole blade that one's really nice um early in the morning and then later in the day when the sun's rising and setting yeah it's on that lower angle and it just kind of just washes right through that so it almost acts like a prism in terms of magnifying the light oh neat yeah it's at its best then oh wow okay and speaking of the morning is also morning light which is uh miscanthus series but it's green but it's got uh white margins so as steve said when the light starts to come through it 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 just really, really Sets uh, it off. shines. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. The miscanthus. And of course, one of the most popular ones is the uh, Carl Forrester. Still, that's after all these years, amazing. Yeah. So it's literally our best-selling grass. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Uh, I guess just the structure of it, because it's very erect. Uh, you've got the green foliage at the base. Uh, you know, rises up, you know, two to three feet. And then you get these great, great uh, plume heads that come up, but they're just vertical. And they're kind of a golden, golden color, uh, you know, going up, you know, sometimes up to four feet or so. So uh, for the entire plant. But uh, nice. it's just a real clean looking, dependable, yeah. reliable, almost trouble free plant. Yeah. Yeah. Perennial grass. Yep. I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah, 25% off yeah. the entire selection right now. Wow. Just started, so there's a like our best selection of the year. It's a great selection. And as far as a variety of color, like deep greens and light greens. Yep. Nice. Yep. Love um, it. And there's some that have more of a burgundy red color uh, mixed in with the green. Oh. I mean, there's really no true all red or burgundy perennial grass. Yeah. Uh, but there are some that have some nice uh, deeper maroon colorations mixed in with the green. Yeah. The one uh, Blackhawks or Cheyenne Spirit or a couple of them. That, and as the temperatures get cooler later in the season, then that color intensifies a little bit more. Nice. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Uh, I was visiting with my niece, and um, I was going to buy her a little plant, but then she said she's the type of person who wants something that she can go and visit every day and needs a little something. Because I was pointing out, oh, this one, it's drought tolerant, and you can completely forget about it, and it'll be fine. And she's like, oh, no, then I'll kill it. <laughs> she's going to baby it. Huh? She is going to baby it. And she, I'm, I love that she's already recognized that in herself. That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I might ask you guys, is there, is there a plant out there that needs to be babied? That somebody who just really wants to nurture a plant along, it might work for them? Well, you know, that is probably the most number one problem with people that grow plants, and especially indoor plants, is overwatering. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I think you'd still have to defer to how much light level she has in the home for a particular type of plant. So matching that up, number one. But then I guess the first thing that comes to my mind might be some high humidity requiring plants. So she can at least go out there and give it a mist every day if she wants to. Um, And so anything in the fern family would appreciate that. And the more delicate, lacier, uh, textured foliage would appreciate it even more. So that's one thing she could say, I, this plant needs me. I have to do this. Uh, And that's assuming she can give it a bright indirect light inside the home for the ferns. But having that increased humidity would be the other thing. Another category that would like the high humidity would be most of the carnivorous plants. Oh. And considering the love for Halloween in your family, I think (laughs) a plant that eats animals would be appropriate. And so I think if you had, uh, whether it's a pitcher plant or a Venus flytrap or something like that. Got one of those. Might be. I figured you do. You probably probably have a collection of them. (laughs) (laughs) But... Uh, you know, something like that might, might be on the list, too. Sure. Uh, even the uh, Tillandsia, the, the air plants. Oh. Uh, they That'd love be a they great like idea. That. They love That's that. how they get yeah. their moisture. So, yeah, that would be a good idea. Okay. And we've got a nice selection of those, too. Right now, anywhere from 2 or three ninety nine on up to 10 bucks or so. Yeah. Wide variety of sizes. And some have a little more color. Some are a little more silver green. Nice. Uh, and they can just hang out. And they come in. I can also get some that are in really cute little containers already. You can. You know, like or seashells. Or you can or pop them in your own container. That's right. the, the, yeah. the great thing about those. You can really put them anywhere because they don't have any root system. You don't that have to uh, put them in soil. <laughs> I know. You I'm still not used ha- to that. You know, hang them out on other plants, too. Oh, you've, you've, you've shown me that before, and I'd completely... We do forgotten it, uh, about that. I like to do it on orchids, especially. It's a cool look. Yeah. That's so right. something else you could do if you wanted to go for a different type of plant would just be cleaning it, keeping the foliage mm-hmm. dust-free. Um, so I'll, oh. you know, it's not limited to this, but pretend that she gets a rubber, rubber plant. You know, kind of going back to if it's your niece and kind of a retro thing uh, since the rubber plants have been around forever, but they're being rediscovered by the whole generation of teen and 20 and 30 year old houseplant lovers oh cool so but you know she could wipe that off really as often as she wanted to right john absolutely so she could do a few leaves a day or she could do the entire plant if she wants to because it needs her okay yeah excellent yeah okay ferns air plants rubber tree plants carnivorous plants carnivorous plants right yeah okay good Excellent suggestions. <laughs> well, I hope she's listening. <laughs> well, yeah. if yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you I'll relay. be able to surprise her with my presence then. So houseplant-wise, really good selection. Pretty great selection. Mm-hmm. Right now, just about yeah. every size, shape, whether it's a succulent or not. And we have another coupon at prairiegardens.com or facebook.com about something about a free succulent with any purchase. No limit on the purchase. Yep. So, so you could literally buy a succulent for three ninety nine and get a free one, oh. or you could go shopping in the store, whatever. Yeah. And there's a really nice selection. It's a great guys. selection. Free two inch live the, succulent with any purchase with coupon. That's right. Look for the signs with the green leaf. Nice. And uh, heuchera only nine ninety seven. That's another something else you have on here. Coupon deal, right? All right. Yep. Okay. Good. 
356-9397 is our phone number. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. And let's go to the phones and chat with Margaret from Champaign. Hi. Good morning, Good morning. Margaret. I'm calling for my sister in Georgia. She has clay soil and she has a deer problem. And I'm wondering if there are any deer-resistant plants that would work in clay soil. Well, I, th- I think thinking. there w- would be. I mean, my my first suggestion for her would be to go to some of the Southern University uh, websites uh, and look up deer-resistant plants, Georgia, deer-resistant plants, Alabama kind of stuff, and see what the University of Alabama, mm-hmm. University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, whatever some of the local schools might have in terms of lists, because it's going to give you some varieties, not only that would live here but a lot of varieties that wouldn't be hardy here that might be deer resistant that would flourish down there Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. that would be the best resource to be honest with you if you were doing the same thing pretend you lived here in the midwest if you did the same thing you'd see great things from the u of i university of michigan michigan state minnesota wisconsin Mm -hmm. all kinds of big 10 type schools with great lists of, Mm -hmm. of material that would be suitable that would be deer resistant or deer Less susceptible, I guess, is probably the best way to say it because nothing's really going to be resistant. <laughs> yeah. Ever resistant, yeah. You know, they would be lower right. on their list. Right. And we have a problem with clay <laughs> okay. here in Illinois, too. So are there plants that are well, can kind of battle the clay and, and survive? Well, I think yeah. sometimes it's all about uh, uh, amending the soil, especially as well as when you're planting. Mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's really a key. Okay. And I, and I think it's, the clay's a problem because it's heavy and it doesn't drain away typically well. But there's a lot of plants, I'll just say the rhododendron and azalea family, I'm not recommending them necessarily from a deer resistance standpoint, but they're fibrous rooted, they like, they're shallow rooted, you'd think that they would not do so well in the clay soils down there, but they thrive. Yeah, they do. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why, again, going to a local you know, a school that's in the area that's done the research that says these do great here and would tolerate clay soil and would be somewhat deer resistant would be the mm-hmm. way to go. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, you bet, Margaret. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling, calling in. in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and tell your sister good luck with that. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text us at three five one five three five seven, and that's a two one seven area code. Well, I think that you know. We have the greatest resources like that here. Here in our area, you know, University of Illinois has so many different great sites about any kind of plant that you want. You know, whether it's what's what's you know the best here. You know, about fruits. It, you know, just every everything imaginable that can help you with care and and suggestions as far as you know what grows best where it's amazing how specific some of those lists can be oh yeah now to get it cross hatched you know you might end up having to have two different searches some that are like in her particular example some that are tolerate clay soils really well mm-hmm. and then something that's less susceptible for deer damage mm-hmm. and then you might have to just kind of yeah cross hatch them on your own yeah okay yeah. i noticed that uh ryan pankow wrote about uh 
fall crops in today's News Gazette in the at-home section. Are you starting fall crops already, Steve? And when they say that, I'm thinking like lettuce, cabbage. I haven't started anything yet. Uh, We're going to have some transplants available here later in August. Oh, good. So we'll have broccoli and cabbage, cauliflower, kohlrabi, uh, some kale, some kale, maybe some lettuce, a couple different types of lettuce, yeah. and transplants are already growing, so they'll be available probably in about that third week of August, which will still be plenty of time since there'll already be established plants that you can get in the garden and and mm. grow, and then uh, for sowing some seed for things like Ryan's got in his article, whether it's lettuce or spinach or turnips or any of the number of things, radishes, carrots, kind of stuff. Uh, that'll be coming up here soon too. Oh, okay. So there's there is still time though to start it from seed. W- yes, some some of them. S- some of them, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I think I think you'd probably want to have your broccoli and that kind of stuff started by now. Okay. Or if you haven't, you'd want to get it going real fast. Okay. Okay. Good yeah. to know. But there's yeah there's you're not limited and done with the growing season by any means. So while you're in the middle of harvesting now and just coming into your glory for tomatoes and peppers and green beans are mm-hmm. uh, all over the place uh, but um, yeah it's hard to imagine but you're really starting to think about what you're going to sow soon or plant soon so you can extend that harvest through October yeah and that's where it's really important to read the packets because everyone has a different maturity date so so you know it might it might take you know, 70 or 80 days for something to come to fruition. So you got to, you know, count back from. With your calendar. Yeah. Okay. Count back from when you want it. Yeah, that's how I know that it's it's too late for me to start pumpkins. <laughs> Found that <laughs> yeah. out before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know, you think it was a fall thing, you know, but yeah. Uh, you do, You, you right? definitely would be, that's amazing. And, and even uh, I read the package uh, and it said, oh, you can plant in. Uh, late June, uh, as late as like early July. And I'm like, really? And sure enough, I forget about it. <laughs> and sure enough, I put it in the ground in mid-July. And oh, it was fun to see it grow until it got, you know, the sh- days kept getting shorter yeah. <laughs> and it stopped yeah. growing. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work so well. Nevertheless, fun to try. You know what? So that's exactly right. It's fun. Yeah. Gardening's fun and should make you happy. So Yes. And that was the other thing my I had to, uh, my niece had a problem with is the feeling of I killed it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because and well of course she was loving them too much, but that whole and I was trying to explain to her it's okay, it's a cycle of life, it's a it it's it's a plant it'll be okay it's in plant heaven now it's happy. <laughs> yeah, well you just got to move on. Yeah, move on. Okay. Sounds good. She'll probably kill another one before it's over. (laughs) Only one? Yeah. (laughs) She's amazing then. (laughs) So watering-wise, you say you're back out there with the hose in hand and taking care of things? Yeah. Yeah. You have to. You really do. Brown spots. I mean, we were back to watering some of the containers every day again there for a good part now. Yeah. You know, the weather yesterday and today and, you know, the next couple of days, you could probably back off to every every other in, in many situations. Or yeah. if you had to water every other, maybe you can back off to every three or four at this point in time. But as soon as it gets back up in the mid-upper 80s and the sun's intense, you'll be back out there. Yep, watering every day. Even twice yeah. a day. Especially in our anything new that you planted, 
containers. Oh, right. Perennials, shrubs, and even the previous year of what you planted. If it's newer, which is new, sometimes before that. So So like my neighbor planted an entire row of arbor variety as a bit of a uh, border. And, um, and yeah, he's been having to water and water and water and water, especially through, you know, all of the past several weeks with the with the intense heat. Um, is he going? So, also next year, you're you're thinking that. I think he has to. He should. Yeah. yeah. Depend upon whether they were container grown or ball and burlap, and how heavy the soil was, and depend upon if they're mulched in real well. Those are all going to be factors in terms of how often he's watering. Container grown in ball, ball or burlap would be different. Different. Yeah, just because you're going to have, have a, a soilless mix in one hand in the container, so it's going to be more porous, well-drained, won't retain the moisture as much. And if it was a ball and burlap or it was a real soil, if you will, typically it's heavier, and it's going to retain moisture longer. I see. And so those would have different rewatering requirements too. But even if they were container grown, if they if they're mulched in and, and you know you shouldn't be out there every day watering shouldn't need to be doing that okay good for those arbor vitae oh no yeah. not every day you know could well, be unless well, he's a splasher not every day, but it was um <laughs> unless they're not watering deep now, uh at that i don't know but no i'm i'm thinking that he that he probably is because he told me what his water bill was um but uh but and but i'm sure you know like when we were going through the high heat index indices over this past week that is particular i mean could you see him watering every day then nope really not if they're mulched in Mm-mm. okay no. i don't see it uh, yeah. you know, maybe i see it every day every other day maybe i see it every two or three days maybe every four days i don't really know okay because you'd have to make a decision based upon that plant's needs as it's planted in that environment okay um, yeah yeah, you can't just. Hey, it's Tuesday. I'm going to go water. Right, but is that is is that like an uh, like other evergreens where you won't see any signs of stress until much later? It would an, be. It would be in an arbor variety as well. Typically, yeah. yeah. Not like a deciduous plant that might tell you if it's not happy right away. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, an arbor variety will take wet feet reasonably well. Yeah. Compared to some other evergreens, anyway. Okay. So not that they want to be in a wet soil without drainage, but they'll they'll tolerate a little bit more moisture than certainly taxus or junipers or camisiferous or some of the other common evergreens around here. Okay, I have a stray juniper growing right next to the house. Yeah, better and get rid of it while it's small. Well, I'm I'm yeah, we're gonna replant it because it looks beautiful it's a healthy little thing hurry up because they grow fast don't forget about it don't let don't don't let one of those be one of those pumpkin things i'm going to get to this later on and you forget (laughs) about it because all of a sudden it will be 15 feet tall and you'll be uh, wondering how you're going to get it out of there oh gosh yeah and full sun partial sun preferably full half a day of full or more okay but you'll see them sprouting up like that in a variety of places whether it's sunny or shady even Yeah. yeah okay good good to know Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text us at three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens, and real quick, I want to mention that uh, Brooke 
uh, Sholem, our on-site engineer, was taking some photos of all of the plants that we were discussing earlier that John brought to the table. And so you'll be able to look at those photos on our Facebook page. And is it also on Instagram? Say what now? Facebook and Twitter. Okay, Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> That's under WDWS? I think it's at WDWS1400. Thank you. And those would be visible now? Um, no. Did you post today. them? Today. Oh, yeah. later today. today. Yeah. She'll shoot them off to the person in charge of those pages. and then So you could be do that or you could be old school and just <laughs> come in here now and see them. Yeah. yeah. And buy them if you want. Very cool. Hey, John, in the past hey, week, what? what have a lot of people been coming in and talking about, asking about, focusing you know on? It, it's been kind of a quiet week, which is kind of nice. That yeah. That, that's, well, you know, if people, I hate people to have problems, it, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> yes. But uh, uh, really hardly anything about about uh, Japanese beetles anymore, uh, bagworms, wow. very very seldom did I have anybody this week. Uh, I did have somebody that had some scale on, uh, it was actually a, a small magnolia tree, which it, scale is kind of hard to identify sometimes because there's a lot of different types and sometimes they look like part of the plant, like because they're kind of knobby and interesting looking, mm-hmm. I guess you might say. But uh, Is it, uh, I think, I think that might be that I, I asked you a few years ago when uh, I had a a tree that that had some odd things on its bark, and, and was that what it was? I don't remember. To think. Okay. With you? Could could it happen on tree bark? Let's put it that way. Well, yeah. Okay. So what are you? So the best way to treat scale is uh, systemically, okay. which means you uh, apply the herbicide insecticide into the soil uh, and the plant draws it into its system. Okay. But if it's really severe, sometimes I'll also suggest a topical along with it. And if it's really severe on a deciduous shrubs, for example, you might consider doing some major pruning on the shrub and hauling off the debris. So thus, thus you'd be restricting, removing the population to a large extent and still treating systemically. So when you get the new growth, but literally, if say if it's a red twig dogwood or um, something else that might get scale, mm-hmm. whack it back near the ground level, burn the stems, throw them in, you know, recycling, whatever, get them out of there, and then you've removed potentially hundreds of scale insects. So you're not having to... Oh, it's an insect. Yeah. yeah okay. An insect. So that way, it's you're mechanically removing them, if you will. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So systemic, cleaning them, pruning them, getting away the degree, debris. What do they do to the plant? They suck that, the life out of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and how one common do- thing a lot of times you'll see is the euonymus that has a, it's a, it's a white scale and sometimes they can just become just covered in it very quickly oh wow so and that's sometimes where steve is suggesting sometimes maybe you just go ahead and cut it out right so and then just get it out out of there and you still would have to treat with the insecticide but at least you're getting 
reducing the population so it's more treatable. Yeah. Okay. I got another landscape question for you. Uh-oh. So you showed a picture of a path that you did uh, on your phone. And oh, yeah. Oh, last week that was beautiful. And, it, you know, Paving just, stones just and remind me how neat it is to see that hardscape element mixed in with the plants. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about hardscapes like that. And it doesn't mean like you have to build this huge wall or do this or do that. Oh, yeah. But what is it about hardscapes and plants that just play so nice together? Well, part of it is uh, it gives you a total different texture from the plant material gives you your eye uh, a spot to rest so if you're doing like for instance a pathway mm-hmm. or a patio you know that's that's uh, uh, it's all about the balance of of the landscape probably then even setting off your flowers and plants even more well because the, there is <clears throat> kind of a place for your eyes to rest yeah the thing about the pathway that I did it's a uh, uh, it's comes from my side driveway around to the front of my house and it's just a natural place that you know you walk all the time mm. so you needed i needed something that was it was just some i just had some little stepping stones in the ground you know it's kind of like hopscotch across but yes but they're inviting and you, oh, you sure. just you, you gotta just walk down there and see where it leads yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes it's cool with when you're making a pathway to to uh you're just not going to make it straight. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna create maybe a bend in it or or a couple of different bends, how, depending on how long it is. So you're creating some illusion of uh, what's around that corner that I'm about to anticipate. You know what what's over there. Right. So it makes you want to walk over there. And it partly depends upon what the pathway's for. Sure. You know if it's if it's largely functional, or if you're going from a driveway to a front door, for example, um, especially if it's an often used door, you can create some interest in it, like you're saying, with a curve or a bend, but yet you still have to be pretty practical about not taking a big serpentine way to get to the front door. Yes. Who, who wants to weave like that? The, the notion is going to be to cut to a straight live line. Live on the side of a mountain, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. In the, in like in my case, I always was pulling my wagon Oh. through there so I needed to be a little bit wider than it was in a little more stable mm. so that I could roll my cart across it easily good point as opposed to you know on the cobbles it was just a bump and bump a bump a bump yeah. mm. so and yeah what I just was also neat he because he used the variety of uh of stones and pebbles and and I think did you have some bricks thrown in there too? So I used. Uh, yeah, it was just a really so lovely I used, uh, combination. A combination of flagstone and twelve by twelve paver stones and twenty four by twenty four um, outdoor porcelain tiles because I couldn't lift the concrete ones; they're way too heavy. Okay, but the porcelain ones can be used outdoors. They're for outdoors. Huh? That's great. And they're. Uh, a rough texture surface so they're not slick and it gets wet nice but then it's really important to have a good base underneath which would include what uh is it the so uh masonry sand that's what it's called and i also use some pea gravel okay so 
So get the surface solid, flat, drains away down. well. And that way, what you do put on top won't be sinking into the ground. It, in this time. particular case, because I knew that a couple of the areas were a little bit wet, I did put some landscape fabric down before I did the, because I knew eventually it was going to sink. Right. Put its way into the soil. Yep. Right. Yep. Nice. And then the landscape fiber certainly help keep everything in and, and stake it down, I imagine. No, I didn't have to. Didn't have to. Oh, no. no. That's nice. No. You might be have to trip on the stakes and stuff like that. So. Yeah. That's right. So, so let me ask you, so you're creating, it's that different texture, um, just because it's, it's a different material, if you will. It maybe added a little bit of structure. To, to the garden, to yep. uh, mm-hmm. that visual structure. I did. And also, I had uh, some big pieces of limestone mm. that I kind of placed in conjunction with it and kind of broke the beds up a little bit. So I would have a place that you could stop because you. it just makes you want to... The, the, the big piece of stone... Is a big contrast against the other plants. Mm, well, that it's kind of like a little resting spot on the way. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it really tied the two areas together. It wasn't like you just had this stone path without some of that same element mixed in with the landscaping. Then too, yeah. So it visually tied the two together. Yeah. And I think sometimes, um, you know, it it serves to some extent the same purpose as a lawn might serve. That it's a little bit of a resting point. And so I think that path can be that too, where it's, it's just a. You don't have to think about it as much. It just is. It's just relaxing. It clears the brain. It's not real complicated or detailed necessarily, and it's just, it's a dash in amongst the dots kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to enjoy your yard or your garden without having to walk through the mud, all the time. Which is kind of nice. Kind of sure. nice. Sure. <laughs> And yeah, when you mentioned pulling the wagon, uh, I completely, I immediately identified with that. Pulling a wagon through your yard for, for whatever, collecting yard waste or yep. pulling plants out to plant. Or orange five gallon buckets inside. Or your five gallon buckets, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and this is the perfect kind of weather to even imagine yourself constructing a, uh, a hardscape like that, too. You know, because it's when the temperatures and humidity was it was a few days ago it'd be a lot more taxing to do it but now you can say okay i could see how i could do this and you probably did it over time too right it didn't happen it wasn't overnight. in two days yeah. yeah yeah okay it was about three weeks gary in champagne is calling in so let's go to the phones and talk to him good hey good morning gary morning you know one of the weeds that seems to start at least right now that's going crazy is spurge and is there something that can control that? I've tried Weed Be Gone, and it just doesn't seem to be super effective. Yeah, I assume it's in your lawn, Gary, or is it in the garden yeah. beds? Or? No, it's in the, it's in the, well, it's in the garden bed, too, but it's, it's also in the yard. So, so uh, there are some, you've used Weed Be Gone. Uh, was it actually listed on, on there because there's, a couple different types of weed be gone, and I'm pretty no, sure. No, I, I don't know about that. I just assumed okay. that it was hopefully a broadleaf weed. So we need to to uh, uh, 
check the label just to make sure that it'll target that one. It it okay. still would yeah. be one of the best. If if you get the right weed be gone, it would still be one of the best choices, Gary. Okay. And then, right. um, did you use it in a hose end sprayer or a tank sprayer, or how did you apply no, it? I ready just, to I use. Just spray it individually. I just use it like uh, ready I mean, to use. Not, pardon me, just a you know, just like a squeeze handle sprayer. Yeah. I mix it, mix the yeah. stuff up. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not everywhere, but it's sort of prevalent around the edges of things and. Uh, it just and of course it just gets rather big, so yeah, overnight almost. Um, yeah, it, when you mix it up yourself like that, if you want to add the equivalent of a drop or two of liquid dishwashing detergent to a gallon, so if you're okay. making less than a gallon batch, you'll use less than a two drops, um, okay. and then that'll help act as a surfactant, so you'll have a little bit better coverage on the surface of the leaf where it tends to run off on spurge real fast. Okay. And then because you'll have better coverage on the leaf, you'll have better absorption, and you'll have better kill. And then just okay. follow the directions. But I would guess, I think the repeat application is, what, two weeks or so, John? Usually. Uh, so read to see what that is. And I would think after two or three sprains, you would have it knocked out easily. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. The detergent was really good. Thanks. Thanks sure. for calling in, Gary. Uh-huh. And good luck Bye. with that. All right. Quick questions. Um so confirming, it is too late to start pumpkins, you'd say? You mean from seed from in your garden? From seed, probably from now. To, to, to get a harvest? Yeah. yeah I don't think you're going to get it. And I can't, You probably, if you even had any starters, they probably are all sold out, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And any of the perennials that folks might buy, because they're all on sale right now, put them in the ground, still plenty of time for the roots to establish, right? And then they'll flourish next year? Absolutely. Just any of them, right? We have a few, uh, some that are on clearance that are past. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're buying that, uh, just because they're stopped blooming doesn't mean that the roots aren't still going to get established and come back for next year. Mm-hmm. So the ones you're on sale referring to, besides this big group of echinacea that are fresh, would be some tired ones, some yeah. tired perennials that have been, they're healthy and everything, but the foliage and the flowers are past their prime. Mm-hmm. So John and Marianne and the crew of orange tagging some of those guys at 50 off, I believe. Okay. Well, great. Bruneva? Is that one? Brunera? Brunera? Maybe that's, that's what we they were heard. just talking about. Oh, okay. No, that's one of the that specials, the, the Jack Frost special there for nine ninety seven. Okay. That's really a nice perennial. It's normally seventeen ninety nine, and it's $9.97. really good deal yeah. for and a so, shade perennial. So I think, yeah, so plenty of time for that one in particular to establish some roots oh, yeah. before. Absolutely. Okay. Any of this stuff. All right, good. For sure. So the texts responding to. Uh, and um, so, again, you've got all sorts of sales, but let's cover them. Let's see. The, oh, your ornamental grasses. 25% off. Yay. Your echinacea. 25% off in... Uh, uh, number one and number two, a uh, particular group in blue pots. It's uh, 20 varieties, I think. Uh-huh. Wow. Almost every color you could imagine. Wow. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Some 10-inch pots of uh, combo pots of annuals for uh, 1597 Oh, that's right. Some couple good coupons out there. One would be for the free succulent. If you go to prairiegardens.com or Prairie Gardens Facebook page, free succulent with any purchase. Yeah. For a greenhouse plant thing, and then some really nice proven winter hucara. Uh, four varieties in gallon pots with a coupon, same place, 
Prairie Gardens Facebook or PrairieGardens.com. Nine ninety seven for PW Ukra. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, fruit trees. Nothing left. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Enough said. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Yep. And we're open till six today, and tomorrow is ten to five. And and a huge, full, beautiful new stock of your combination plants and hangers, uh, hanging pots. So. Yep. Come on out. John Weisgarver, Steve Brown, our experts today. Thank Thanks, you, Thanks, Tamara. Thank you. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our on-site producer engineer was uh, was Brooke Sholem, and our station studio engineer is Dave Leak. Stay tuned for Saturday Sports Talk up next here on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. And a podcast of this show will be available later today at WDWS.com, as well as previous shows if you want to listen over again. Thanks.